Hey everyone, if you're a fan of the show, please head over to MikeyOp.com and click the subscribe button. It's the best way to support us, and it's free. That's M-I-K-E-Y-O-P-P.com. Thanks. Hello, I'm Mike Oppenheim, and you're listening to Coffin Talk, Exit Interviews with the Living, a weekly podcast that explores how our views on death affect the way we live our life. This week with me is Christine Breeze, all the way from Ecuador. Christine runs an ayahuasca retreat as well as an online metaphysics university, and she has been a friend and personal role model for many years. Again, I'm welcoming Christine Breeze. And my first question for you is, how did you end up in Ecuador? I picked Ecuador because I also wanted to leave the United States at the time because I saw (laughs) the train wreck that's happening now. (laughs) I saw it coming a long time ago. (laughs) And so... So we decided to at least have a backup outside of the United States, a backup reality. It became the reality. I mean, we couldn't afford two places, but we ended up uh, coming to Ecuador and and getting Gaia Sagrada started. We thought it was going to be a meditation and yoga retreat center at first. And this way we were able to give retreats cheaper to everybody than we would have been able to if, um, if, if, we're in the States. So that was the reason, but, and I was only going to have one or two shamanic retreats per year, but those were the only ones that filled up. So we kept adding more and those kept filling up. And so next thing you know. (laughs) Great. So yeah, you run these retreats and there are shamanic retreats. And that's why you're my guest today, because you have a lot of experience of your own with people who take medicine at these retreats. And then they talk a lot about death. So I guess I'll just start with the basic question. What do you think happens when you die? Oh, I love that question, actually. <laughs> because it's so wonderful what happens when you die. You get out of jail free. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, in all seriousness, the chapter doesn't end with death. We go on to a much larger reality where we are absolutely free to choose what we want to experience and what we want to do. We are absolutely free to say no to that which we don't want to do. It's not so easy when you're a human. If you didn't want to be in the pandemic, it wasn't quite easy to say that because it was a worldwide uh, mass event. <laughs> so in in the spirit world, you, you actually return to the spirit world. You're an eternal being who never dies and each of these lifetimes that you do and they're not all just human each of these lifetimes that you do they're kind of like a three blinks of an eye it's like a dream that the soul is having it's like three blinks of an eye and then it's over so life is actually pretty quick if you think about it right now i mean think about all the years that you've lived and how quick it went it went really quick. And you're like, oh my gosh, how did 55 years pass already for me? You know, I'm 55 and and um, and I don't know how old you are, but it passed really quick. Even if you're if you're 20, you're like, oh my God, that kind of just went by like whew. So time is this illusion that we think we have a long time, but we don't. This is like a dream reality for the soul where you actually really live is in the spirit worlds. You live in these other dimensions. You're this God self that's dreaming all of this. 
you are actually dreaming. What if I was a human? What if my name was? What if my skills and weaknesses are? What if my challenges are? And what if my culture is? What if my country is? What, whatever you want, if, all these parameters. And then whew, the dream begins. The thought in the mind of God begins. And you are the answer to this question in God's mind. What if I was a human in this particular reality? And then it literally is three blinks of an eye in the scheme of eternity in which you really, really live. You don't have, you're not actually human. This is just the avatar you're wearing, the outfit that you're wearing. And this personality truly does indeed only have one life to live. The personality. But the soul has however many it wants. It doesn't even have to always be a human. <laughs> Awesome. So I love that answer. And I actually hear it in a lot of different theologies and philosophies. So I'm curious, you speak with like a sense of authority, which I don't mind at all, but can you explain that a bit? Oh, well, thank you. Um, yeah, because, cause I, I had some near death experiences and incredible. Um, okay. So why don't you just tell us about at least like one of the more prominent near death experiences that you've had? Well, when I was younger, about maybe 20 years ago, maybe a little bit more now, I was in a coma for three days. And I had this experience of being on the other side for about 30 or 40 years. It felt like a whole lifetime on the other side. And I basically got to tour the universe, got to see what God's mind is, who this God is, that it's a sea of consciousness that we're all in, and we are all part of this mind of God. And that there's human experiments all over the universe, and, and not just human, many types of vehicles to hold this consciousness. The whole point of this thing is to, for God's self to get its consciousness fully into a physical vehicle, and humanity is a very promising experiment. And... There's different levels of these experiments all over in, in different realities, different Earth realities. The reality itself has a different set of challenges thrown at it to see how it evolves and how it develops in that situation with those particular challenges. Then there's another one that has a whole different set of challenges and parameters for functioning in that reality. And there's human civilizations that are really, really super evolved, like way beyond where we are, where we could even imagine. Even our Star Wars and our sci-fi shows don't even come close to actually the benevolence and the level of evolution that these really evolved societies are. And it's not just humans. Uh, there are also hell realities, too. And there are all types of species and beings in these experiences. So if you think that God's self can only just have one lifetime and get all of it, I mean, think again. This thing is so huge. This is massive. And what I saw on this other side, this experience, oh, and just so you know how it happened. What happened was I fell asleep one day. I was very distraught because... You know, I don't know if anybody remembers John Benet Ramsey died and her face was on every magazine cover all over the world and and I looked just like her and I had really traumatic experiences. So it just kind of shocked me that whole thing and I 
I went laid down and I didn't wake up for three days because I wow. think there was a part of my spirit that was trying to decide if it wanted to stay. I think there was, I was really trying to decide whether I wanted to stay on earth or not because I was starting to lose hope because I was like, gosh, I've been working on myself. I've been doing all this meditation. I've been doing all this self in work. And, and what's the point if this is going to happen to a kid every 30 seconds in this world, you know? Which is really how it, how it is. The statistics are shocking. So, but this experience gave me a lot of hope. So, so I was on the other side and I got to see how this is all, what this is all about. And, and people die and they come and they go. It's really like just, you know, getting on a bus, taking a ride and getting off the bus. That's really what a lifetime is. And it's so short, so it's so important to have a good time while you're here and make the best of the lemons so that it's sweet. And also try to have as many adventures as you can so that you have some good stories to tell on the other side. Okay, and uh, just in case our audience doesn't remember, John Benet Ramsey was a six-year-old child star who disappeared in Colorado in like the 1990s. And uh, then she was found dead from strangulation, and it was a really shocking case. It was all over the news. Um, so I get that you felt like a really strong connection to that. Uh, so I guess what I want to ask you is, you're obviously a very spiritual person, and you think deeply and on a large scale, but you're also totally human. I know you, and you admit to having emotions, and like things bother you. So is that a part of all this? Is, is that what it is to be a human? Yeah, you are God trying to find out who it is. That's really what this is about. God is not like this just super evolved being that's just sitting in a Zen state somewhere, listening to all your prayers and answering all your prayers, like a, granting prayers like a genie. God is not like this outside being. It's an evolving being. And this is a corner of God's mind, a corner of the universe, where this shadow part of God is being dealt with. And in order to evolve this part of itself, this God is trying to evolve itself. And it's on a journey of self-discovery. And it is exploring this idea of duality, dark and light, good and evil, free will, and choice to do the good rather than the evil. It's, it's a... It's a free will exercise for God, really, to give itself free will to do the wrong and then see the karmic balances of that, the balancing effect, because this whole universe, it is like a balancing effect. If you look at how solar systems are designed or galaxies or universes, anything, even down to the minutest particle in, in, in reality, it's a molecule, an atom, a quark, a, a, a neutrino. Whatever it is, now there's the Higgs boson, which is the what's called a god considered the god particle that holds it all together. Even down to that, there's a balance. And this is what God is discovering about itself in this experience, this excursion into areas of no awareness. Darkness really is just no awareness. And once awareness is brought to it, then it becomes a light. So What's happening is more and more awareness is being brought to these areas that God itself is unconscious of and still doesn't understand yet. Sometimes I think of God maybe being a five-year-old with a petri dish in a, <laughs> in a classroom and, and, and it's learning. It may be a young God. Who knows? Because honestly, I don't believe there's only one. There is one 
that has birthed this universe, and this universe is God's mind expanding and exploring and discovering itself. But what if there are others? Because, for instance, this, the Big Bang happened, right? And there was this big explosion, and the universe is continually expanding. But what's it expanding into? It's expanding into empty space. Well, what is that? And is that the classroom? And there's other Big Bangs that have happened somewhere, and we can't see the light yet because it takes, you know, a gazillion light years uh, to travel here. Like, their Big Bangs might have even happened already, but we haven't even been able to see that. And these universes might even come together. Who knows? I know what I saw was that there are more universes than this one and that there are more gods than this one. And this one is the one that we are part of. This is the one being that we are experiencing for. For instance, God okay. is your consciousness, but you are God's experience in that consciousness. <laughs> okay, so I'm totally tracking with you. Uh, I'm not sure if our audience is, but I am, and I followed all that. <laughs> I know it's a little out there, and I'm trying to cover a lot. Awesome. So my job is to help link my guests to uh, my audience. So in order to better do that, I guess I want to ask you, in this worldview that you just presented, am I real and are you real or am I imagining you? Who's real? We are all just figments of God's imagination. Now it feels real, but you want to know the truth? This is an astral world. All of them are astral worlds. This is 99.6% matter and less than 1% matter. So this isn't really as solid as it seems. It's not as real as it seems. You touch this table and it feels solid and it pushes back because there is an agreement in this reality that these are certain physical laws. There are other realities where those laws are not an agreement and not one of the parameters that they wanted to put consciousness in and see what it does. So it's not, it's not a real world. It's an astral world. It's a dream world. Great. Awesome. I love this. And I love the way that you think and the way that you answer questions. So I'm actually really excited to ask you, um, does it matter? Like, I mean, if I hurt you specifically, like me and you as two adults, if I show up to your retreat, let's say, and I don't pay for it and I rip you off. So, I mean, we're not talking about murder, but I mean, I still, I betrayed you. Does that matter? The reason that it'll matter is because you punish yourself when you know you've done it wrong. This is a lesson in power. This whole thing, I, I said it was a, an exercise in free will, but really it's an exercise in how to use power. Because if you use power wrong, you actually hurt yourself because of this balance effect. For instance, you harm someone else and you might have thought you got away with it, but somehow there's a balancing effect. And it's not necessarily karma. It's called karma, but karma is very misunderstood. It's an educational system. It's not a punishment reward system. Like punish is not the right word when I say it's going to come back to you. There's a way to use power and there's a way not to use power. And this God self wants to learn how to use power benevolently. And, and it has. 95% of what God's consciousness is doing is really beautiful and creative and has nothing to do with all this shadow stuff. This is only maybe 5% of, you know, a little bit of some flaws in God that it's working out about how to use its power. And when you do something to me, and that's not a good thing for me, then there's 
a part of you that knows that that's not a, the right thing to do. And even if you don't know right now that it's not the right thing to do and think that she deserves being hurt, you know, <laughs> which, you know, that comes out sometimes in people and they feel righteous about doing something wrong. That doesn't get you off the hook. There's still a balancing effect because God is trying to learn how to use its power in a benevolent way. If God's purpose was just to destroy and to not do its use its power in, in a benevolent way, then this balancing effect wouldn't be there. So it's because of this desire to be a benevolent force, to be a benevolent power, and to use this power in a, in a way that produces happiness and produces goodness and manifests beautiful things. This is God's purpose. It wants to explore what it can do. And so therefore, it's using its power wrong in order to learn how not to do it. Because when you use your power wrong, you know immediately you know how not to use your power if you don't want those same results again. <laughs> okay, so this reminds me, your analogy of the Petri dish, it, it reminds me of one of my, my least favorite memories, and I, I can't believe I'm actually gonna talk about this, but when I was a kid, I had this spray bottle of cologne, and I mean, I was real young, like maybe five or six, and I remember I walked in my backyard and I saw all these bees on a bush one day, and so I sprayed one and it shriveled up and died, and then I sprayed a second one, and all of a sudden I just felt awful and I cried and I cried and I cried and I'll never forget that day. It was just so awful. And, and so that's sort of how I see what you're saying about learning about power, because since then I really haven't heard anything. And I even have issues like killing spiders and flies in the house. I mean, I can kill one, but it, it's, it makes me shudder and I don't want to do it. Uh, so gosh, I mean, this makes me wonder about the rest of my life. I, I have all this power to hurt and I guess maybe that's what I should be focusing on, how I use this power. We're self-correcting units. It's like you don't have to worry about somebody getting their karma because they did something bad to you. And you don't have to worry about, well, that person deserves to have it paid back. You know, why is it not happening? And sometimes they even get away with it for a whole lifetime because you can't learn everything you need to learn in one lifetime. There is no way. I mean, look at all that you, you've only tackled maybe one little millionth of a fraction of the level of lessons that a person would need to learn to be a human, to be, you know, this is all a diploma, a graduation in, uh, or an education in being human and, and being God with some power while you're human. <laughs> but you're with power in such a way that you can't do that much damage because <laughs> you're only a human. But yeah, we're self-correcting. It's not that someone else, it's not like God outside of you is doing it to you. Oh crap, I got my karma. Or, you know, or you pray to God to give somebody their karma. It doesn't work that way. It's the God within them that self-corrects and realizes it did something wrong. I have had experiences like yours, too. And, you know, like, oh, my God, I forgot to put the snails out in the, you know, like I, I, one time I, I caught some snails in the garden and was going to take them to the, to the, you know, the park and leave, leave them out there in the wild park, you know. And, uh, and I forgot about them and they died in the, in the bucket with the lid on. And I felt, 
I still feel guilty. And it's like 30 <laughs> years later. <laughs> I, and I'm so careful with animals now. When I catch spiders, we, we sometimes have these spiders. And I catch them in a little thing. And I keep opening the lid every few hours, every couple hours to give it air. You know, and then, and then we take it with us to town and drop it off on the way. And yeah, so because I learned that lesson, because you learned that lesson, we became benevolent with this power we have as these giants walk, you know, on the earth compared to a, you know, a small bee or a, or a spider. Okay, awesome, awesome. And, um, and you mentioned earlier that karma is misunderstood. And actually, the more I do this podcast and the more I read about it, I, uh, I really agree with you. And I'm, I'm fascinated by this because, I, I mean, I read about this one thing, and I know it's controversial, but I want to ask you about it. It's a theory which is that awful people on earth who do awful things are actually doing the rest of us like a favor by showing us evil. So the famous example is that like with Hitler, nothing he did was good and he's not good, but we have the Holocaust now to remember so that we can never repeat it again. It's like he led by example of what not to do. Does that make sense? It's almost there. Um, almost. Um, maybe a little tweaking here. Um, that was where he set up his a progression of lifetimes to it, it was a advanced lesson in use of power for instance any of us who are getting close to finishing our lifetimes like this is going to be a graduation time for a lot of souls right now who've been here for a long time Every single one of us gets a Hitler lifetime. I know a lot of people are like, nah, that can't be possible. I was a saint and I was all these good things and <laughs> I wouldn't be a Hitler ever. But if you are a gentle person and you're a benevolent with your power now, it's because you have already done the misuse of power 101, 102, 103, 110, 116. You have done all these misuse of power classes already, and not every misuse of power class can be completed in one lifetime. For instance, you completed the misuse of power with the B. That's a that's a one lifetime kind of accomplishment. But when it comes to the bigger stuff, like what Hitler did, or what maybe we could say some other world leaders are or might have done. <laughs> um, it's their Hitler lifetime turn because what that does is it sets up a long string of victim lifetimes that after you go through all of that and then you finally transcend it in the end and, and ha have remorse for those things and, and you are a gentle person with your power, you never harm anything, you graduate from that lesson. But that is pretty much the finals for a human to be a really super duper bad guy. And then you have a long string of, of uncomfortable and, and difficult lifetimes that in the end, the only way to transcend that is in a state of grace. There's no way you can pay back karma. You don't pay back karma. It's, it's not like a bank account that you took a debt from. And it's more like, okay, you're in class. You have to learn this lesson. You don't get to pass with a C. You don't get to pass with a B. You don't get to pass with an F. You don't get to pass with a... You have to get an A on every class in being human sooner or later. And you're going to keep going through it until you keep getting it. So learn your lessons fast if you want to have good... 
<laughs> a good life. Okay, so I only have one more question. And uh, I have to give it with full disclosure. I met Christine in Ecuador several years ago because I wanted to try ayahuasca, which is known as the plant medicine. And uh, it's legal in Ecuador. So I flew down there and I went to a ceremony and tried it. And I know Christine runs these retreats. And so there's, I mean, thousands of us people who come in and we take this medicine and then we come out and all of us, if not a little, are a lot changed. So I'm curious, how does that fit into this worldview of yours? I mean, you can even extend it to other psychedelics, but why do these substances exist? Um, okay. How to put this in a nutshell. The psychedelics were put on this earth in order to help us see these things I'm talking about. In order to help us reach the master within, this God self within. A lot of people call the God particle, this ayahuasca, the DMT, because when you drink ayahuasca, you actually are drinking the same thing that your body makes when you're dreaming. And when you're dreaming, when you're sleeping, you are not only just exploring all your questions and answers and, and working it out with all your solutions, you're also going home. This DMT helps you go home to who you are, this, this source self. And so the ayahuasca, the San Pedro, the, the magic mushrooms, and all of these things help you reconnect with home. And home is this God self that you are in. You're like a cell in God's body. And what I've found is that these medicines take people deep within, deep inside, and help them connect with this part that has all the answers for them. Because this God self in you, this master, this, this God self has all the answers, knows what to do and what not to do to solve any life problems. And it takes you from looking at things from the human perspective to looking at things from the eternal self perspective, this God self perspective. And that's one of the things that all of these psychedelics really change for people is like, oh my God, life is not what I thought it was. There is a whole lot more than meets the eye here. There's, there's actually many dimensions overlaid here. There are so many more aspects to myself that I never even realized are here. You realize you're not just the human anymore, that the human being experience is just an experience. It's not who you are. And it helps people have a bigger identity. You know how I'm talking about how the, these, these large picture ideas, these bigger identities. Well, with the psychedelics, it helps a lot of people get there who have never even thought about these things. That is so awesome. So, so awesome. Wow. Well, Christine Breeze, you have been an amazing guest and you've helped all of us for sure put a nail in the coffin. So um, I guess just really quickly, can you tell my audience how to find you um, in case they're interested in discovering more about your metaphysics online programs, your meditation or plant medicine? Yeah, you can reach me at University of Metaphysical Sciences there at, at our contact form. Just look for metaphysicsuniversity.com. And I also have the Ayahuasca Retreat Center in South America. Although we're probably get on our email list because we're going to start coming to the States too. That's Gaia Sagrada Retreat Center at gaiasagrada.com. Gaia is spelled G-A-I-A. Sagrada is S-A-G-R-A-D-A.com. And that's our retreat center. And then I also do free retreats for people because I don't want anybody to be left behind. It's not medicine retreats, but they're meditation and spirituality retreats. 
And I travel all over the world to do those. I was before the pandemic anyway. So as soon as that kind of lets up a little bit, we can start that again. And it's freeretreatsforall.com with the number four. Well, let me say that the God particle in me blesses you, Christine Breeze, because this has been an incredible and fascinating interview. Um, you've been such a wonderful friend, and you've been a leader and an inspiration for me, and you're such an important spiritual figure for so many people here on Earth. Um, I really can't thank you enough. So, I guess, uh, again, I'm Mike Oppenheim, and this has been another episode of Coffin Talk, Exit Interviews with the Living, and we will see you soon. Walking alone.